Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Driven to the Cross, a radio broadcast that is part of Christ Covenant Church here in McAllen, Texas. I'm Dr. Alfred Fisher, and I am the pastor here at Christ Covenant, and it is such a privilege to have you spend your morning with us. We hope and pray that you'll tune in or to our live broadcast at 11 o'clock where this message will be going into much more detail, and we hope that it'll be a blessing to you. We are in love with our Lord and Savior here at Christ's Covenant, and we desire to glorify Him in every aspect of our lives. We hope and pray that this message is going to be edifying for you, encouraging, and maybe even educational. So this morning, I hope that you'll join me in prayer as we open. Our Father in heaven, Father, we come to you, thanking you for the provision you've given us, for the ability that you've given us to serve our community, to honor you, to share your gospel message that people may come to a saving knowledge and understanding of who you are. Lord, our desire is that you be glorified. Our desire is that people would first and foremost see you before they see us. For we are your children, we are your servants, and we are bought by the blood of the Lamb. We ask, Lord, that you would hear our prayer, that in so doing, that you would raise up holy and righteous leaders in our country that this nation would once again be one nation under God, that we would have a holy and righteous fear of you, that we would recognize who you are, and that you would have preeminence in our land. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us from our unrighteousness. Lord, we ask that your glory would be upon our lips and your grace extended through the work of our hands. We cannot ever repay the gift of salvation and eternal life with you. But Lord, we thank you for the privilege of putting our hand to the plow. We thank you for the privilege of being called sons and daughters of God, being invited to the banquet table and serving our risen King. We ask you to bless this message today. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning... We are continuing in our series on the session of Christ. In the preceding weeks, we have talked about the things that a Christian is supposed to do, the example and the teachings that Christ gave to his apostles, to his disciples. Last week, we talked about him being seated. Well, being seated is more than him being finished, his work being finished. That is a crucial aspect of it, but there's more to it. We... We often forget that customs change with time. Today, when a pastor is speaking, standing up and the congregation is sitting down, or if you go to a board meeting, generally a person who is addressing a board uh, in some cases will stand when they're given a demonstration or a presentation, or a teacher when they're Uh, in front of a class, often stands and delivers a message or the lesson. 
But in ancient times, in the times of, of Christ and uh, before Christ and even after Christ, we look at some of the secular teachers. We look at Aristotle. Uh, we look, look at Hermes. Uh, we look at some of these great philosophers. And they did something different. Something that we see, see and receive as foreign. They sat down. When they began to teach, they sat down. We see that uh, if we were to go into the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 and 6, what we find there is that when Christ ascended the Mount, it says that he sat down and began to teach. He sat down. And the disciples gathered around him. And of course, I'm paraphrasing here, but he sat down. It's, it reminds us that Jesus, while he is seated at the right hand, and that word seated is the, the important part I want you to focus on here, that seated is more than the authority, but we also see the importance of it because he's a teacher. In Luke chapter 4, we find something here that I hope you'll bear with me. Luke chapter 4 talks about the uh, temptation and the fasting of Jesus, his overcoming of the devil. He, he begins to preach. And in verse 20, there's something here I want to read to you. Luke chapter 4, verse 20. Actually, you know what? Let me go back up to 16. That might make this a little bit easier for people to understand. It says, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, meaning he was raised there. As his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And verse 20 says, And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And all the eyes that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness, and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth, and they said, is not this Joseph's son? Now, what is the importance of that? He stood to read the word. That's a sign of respect. It's a sign of courtesy. A lot of churches, when they go to read the word of the Lord, the, the minister will stand there and say, we all please stand for the reading of the word. And that's a great tradition. 
But notice he sat down to make the statement. He sat down when he gave the teaching. When he made the statement, this day is this fulfilled in your ears. My dear friends, the impact that that had is profound. Just like today, the Word of God should have an impact on your soul. It should have an impact in your life. If you have a teachable spirit where you are in tune with the Holy Ghost and you are receiving from the Word of God, the things that are said in the Word of God and that are explained to you should have an impact to draw you closer to God. And what is that? What is that impact? Most people today call it offense, but that's a mistake. That is a mistake, my dear friends, because today we have a hard time understanding and seeing a difference between offense and conviction. Many people leave a church because they said they're offended, and rather they should say, I've been convicted by the Holy Ghost, and the Spirit of God has brought conviction upon my soul for the sin that I have been harboring, the sin that I have been embracing, the sin in my life, and I want to thank God for Him bringing me to my knees and allowing me to be pricked in such a way that I can still receive the conviction of the Holy Ghost. But rather, what do we do, my friends? So many people. Oh, I didn't like that. It hurt my feelings. No, that, that, that offended me what he said. They close their ears. They close their minds. They close their hearts and take it as an offense rather than a rebuke and a conviction. Remember, the Bible says that God chastens those whom He loves. And my dear friends, if you cannot receive and accept conviction from the Holy Ghost, then you are more in love with your sin than you are with the things of Almighty God. If your God seeks to make you comfortable, you have an idol. My friends, Christ sat down as the teacher he says, and closed the scroll. He gave it back. The King James calls it the minister. And some other translations, it's called the, the attendant. But understand, that word minister simply means servant. It simply means the one who served. And then he began to teach them. Well, what is it that he taught them? Verse 23 says, You will surely say unto me, This proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Seraphah, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, 
saving Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Now, my friends, that's up through verse 28 of chapter 4. But I want you to notice the thing that Jesus said. Did you notice that he went to one? He went to one widow. And that widow ministered unto unto him. And then he went... He went to a leper. Now, my friends, my friends, do you get the importance of this? Do do you get it? Understand. Understand. Naaman was a Syrian. He was not Israel. Let me pause there for a second. He ministered to those who were receptive. Oh, my friends, if we as individuals would grasp that point, that many times our ministry is not those who are already saved and already in the church, because the church should be learning and serving and doing the examples that they've been given by Christ and the apostles and the church fathers and all those in the Old Testament of the things that they should do to honor and uplift a holy God, to display that they are a child of the living God. And far too often what happens is today we take these teachings and we apply them And we share them with our friends, if we're lucky, and inside the church. But we don't reach outside of the church and meet the needs. We don't look for those who are ready to receive Jesus Christ. And that's a downfall of the church. The the people of the church need to look beyond themselves. They need to be discipling others. Jesus sat down as a teacher Now look at Luke chapter 5, and let's start at verse 1. And it came to pass that the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. He stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets, meaning they were done for the day. They were cleaning their utensils, their work. The people there were done. They were inspecting their stuff for the next day. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And he prayed him, in other words, he asked him, that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught them. He sat down and he taught them. My friends, there's an important point in this. There's an important point. What does it mean? Here the people were hungry for the Word of God. And they pressed upon Him. 
In other words, they were surrounding him. They wanted to hear from the teacher. So he went to a place where he could have a little bit of room. And he sat down. And he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he was done speaking, it says that when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Now, here's something I want you to understand. This is an important point that many people fail to recognize. Jesus went into another man's ship, utilized the facility, and he taught the people the Word of God. And then there's a test that he gives Simon. There's also a recompense that he gives Simon. What is that recompense? First he says, go out into the deep. (coughs) Cast your net. So there's a test here to see if it's obedient. To see if Simon will heed as Simon will follow. And then he says, listen to Simon. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. So what is the lesson right here? You see, Simon obviously was there because it was his boat. He heard the words of God being taught by Jesus. He saw the attitude and the heart attitude and posture of Jesus. Did you catch that? The heart attitude and the posture of Jesus. The thing that we have to remember is this. Simon observed this man. He listened to the words of this man. My friends, that's the teaching moment from Christ. People observe you. They observe your word. They observe your teaching. They observe your posture. They observe your heart attitude. They observe the way you speak, the way you address. And they can trust you. They can dislike you. They can be entertained by you. They can want what you have if you do it in the example of Christ. Now, my friends, do you see the importance now the importance of acting as Christ. Here's a te- that's a teaching moment here. Jesus sat down. He did the work of God. And then Simon observed this. And he made the comment. He says, well, Lord, I've been, I've been working all night. I'm tired. But if... If what you say, I'll do, I'll test it. 
I'll go. My friends, when you think no one is watching and you have that opportunity to witness and to be that example, and you say something, the response can be like Peter. I've seen it. I'll do it. Because you said to, I'm going to. Now listen to what is said here. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of their fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, for henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now, my friends, they had received a miracle after hearing the words of God. They had received a miracle after hearing and receiving the teachings of Jesus Christ. But notice the confession that Peter made. Notice the blessing that they had received. But notice also that they didn't just leave things in a lurch. They finished their task. They brought everything back to shore. And then it says basically this. They left everything behind. All the trials, the struggles of being a businessman, all the work of their hands, to go because of the command of Christ, henceforth you shall be fishers of men, you shall catch men. And they followed Him. My dear friends, those of you who are listening, some of you out there are saying that, well, I would follow Jesus, but I have to give up whatever it is. I would follow Jesus, but Peter, James, John, they didn't say but. What did they do? They became sold out sold out to follow Christ. 
Many of you today who call yourselves believers still put that caveat in there. I'll follow him, but as long as I don't get uncomfortable, as long as I don't have to do this or that, I'll follow him, but but you see, the confession of being a sinful man, the acknowledgement of Jesus by saying, fear not. Jesus didn't reject them. And they followed him. What about you? Will you do that? If Jesus were to tell you, if the word of God were to convict you to do something, will you say, well, but Lord, I got to do this. No. You have to be obedient. You have to follow. That's the teaching of Christ. He's our teacher. We have to follow Him no matter the cost. Well, my friends, that's it for the lesson today. But I want to tell you, tune in on Sundays. Come down and visit us. Check out our website. Go to our YouTube channel, ChristCovenantMcAllen.org. Check us out on Facebook, Christ Covenant McAllen. We're there. You can watch our videos. You can comment. You can share them. You can donate to this ministry so that we can keep the Word of God going out. Send us an email. We'll be happy to get back to you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to meet you face to face. Come and worship the Lord with us. We serve the risen King, and we seek to never deviate from the path that He has placed before us. May God bless you. May He keep you. May you be enriched and follow in His footsteps. May you see Him as a teacher in your life and recognize the authority He has in being seated at the right hand of God the Father. Thank you. God bless, and hopefully we'll see you soon.